0: This is Southern Tier Close Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com.
1: Kathy White, and this is the Southern Tier Close Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me is the newly minted head of the Broome County Office for Aging. Mary Wickham, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gosh, you've been in the job now um, a month or two? Yep. Yeah, yep, just over a month, yep. Yeah, um,
1: it's kind of weird having a, a change of job in the middle of change of everything that we've experienced <laughs> over the past year. But um, you're taking over the Broome County Office for Aging. Um, we, we've done some a few programs on not only Office for Aging, but also on uh, the the other organization that's not associated with the county. Um, about senior issues during the course of the past year, year and a half. So let's just say what's it like sliding into this position now at this juncture?
0: well i'm I'm very fortunate um, first because I was at Catholic charities for the past nineteen years and I had a lot of interaction with the office for Aging. so I knew a lot of their staff and um, several of their programs um, so that was nice but um, Lisa Shule who's been with the office for aging for the past 35 years um, and several of those years more than several of those years she was the acting director right. um, I was lucky enough to be able to get trained by her um, she's been with me up until about last week um, really showing me the ropes. so I was very fortunate to slide in and during this time a lot of the programming was just getting up and running, so I think that's a good time to put in a new director because uh, as we're reopening, we're also reconfiguring and reimagining how things are going to be. So I was able to be a part of that.
1: Well, coming from Catholic Charities and into a government-type agency, what kind of differences are that? Because, I mean, you're not going to have to do so much of the grant writing, Uh, And the stuff that non, and the fundraising and stuff that nonprofits had to do, um, how, but you still have to deal with budgeting and, uh, you know, the whole, that whole kind of thing. How is that a different animal than what you're used to?
0: Well, you're right. In nonprofit you're really you're you're almost always trying to find ways to fund your own positions, um, and your own programs. So there's a lot of grant writing and, and that's something that is nice here. We we don't have to do that. Really the two main big differences are you're dealing with the, the legislative body here um, in the county government, um, which you don't normally deal with in the nonprofits. And the hiring is very different because of the civil service, and you don't have that in the nonprofit world. Um, But other than that, I mean, the way that they're giving back to the community and trying to fill the gaps that are out there um, are all very similar.
1: You mentioned as things are getting back up to speed in in the agency that there's tweaking being done a lot of organizations and even you know for-profit businesses discovered that you know being going down the road that you always went on with everything just went the way it went because that's the way it is being forced to i hate to use cliche words but pivot really is the only word for it right being forced to pivot a lot of people discovered, hey, you know, there's a different way of doing things. There's a different way that maybe isn't all that bad. What has Office for Aging found that is advantageous that's come out of this? I mean, obviously, it was a horrible thing with having the senior centers closed for so long and that loss of social connection. But there were some new and innovative ways to keep seniors engaged that came out of being shut down.
0: Well, I think like like most populations, we found a way to connect virtually. Um, we found a way to hold caregiver Zoom meetings or to have bingo on Zoom. Um, there's a whole push right now where there is an, an actual virtual senior center that the New York State Office for Aging has helped put in place, um, and that includes things like trying to get seniors um, connected to technology, whether it be con- uh, technology that they already have or getting them new technology that they've never used and training them on how to use that. So these are things that aren't going to stop. We're going to now continue to work towards um, using these things because we've seen that if something in the future, maybe it won't be COVID, but something else could happen, that we will now have an established way to, to reach seniors and make sure that uh, social isolation um, gets uh, decreased. So I think we're going to keep seeing that. It's, it's similar to what the schools are saying and what pretty much everywhere is saying. We now have these technical um, advantages, and I don't think they're going away.
1: The thing that had to have been a tough sell, though, I mean, I don't want to stereotype seniors, myself included, (laughs) you know. I mean, I hate technology. I absolutely Mm -hmm. hate technology. I mutter little not-so-ladylike terms every time I have to start this computer. But that had to have been a tough sell, for the older population that didn't grow up or go through the development of technology like some of us even born in the 1960s 1970s mm-hmm. saw the, the the advent of you know the the radio shack computer then all of a sudden we've got smartphones and things like that is it still a tough sell for some uh, of our population our treasured population to grasp and embrace the the modern technology
0: yes definitely and i think it always will be and i also i want to stress that we're not going to replace human contact with technology technology is in in, in addition to um, the the human contact it's something that we need to keep going and keep working on in case things like this happen again But um, as far as services go, um, like Office for Aging, for example, we're back doing the in-home work. Our senior centers are open. Our adult daycare center is open. We're holding um, in-person events and meetings again. So we don't want it to be you know what, all on Zoom anymore. We want the human contact when we can do it, but the technology does have to be available to come into play so we can prevent things like social isolation um, if something like COVID ever happens again.
1: One thing that can come out of it, too, is broadening your contact, whereas you might have been going to your neighborhood senior center, having, as you mentioned, like a statewide senior group to go to, really exposure to a whole lot of different ideas, um, even entertainment that you didn't have just in your own neighborhood.
0: That's correct. And people are enjoying that. We have some people that like to use the technology and some people that don't, and that's fine. Um, it's just something we're going to keep working on in and, and hopes that it, it's another avenue for people. We have noticed that many of the seniors that were participating in services prior to COVID are frail, more frail than they were before. So mm. at least they have another opportunity to start building up their connection until they can feel comfortable coming out
1: one of the the great things that one of the great resources we've had in our community always have had in our community but i think has gotten a greater appreciation during the lockdown and then with the gradual returning of things but not totally to normal is is the whole support system of family and and even if that family isn't your biological family uh, the foster grandparent program, when you had families that were, were really tossed into uh, a whole state of flux and turmoil and maybe some parents going back to, to work with no daycare and, and all that kind of stuff, it seems like the support of the extended family and even, as I mentioned, non-biological family became even more important. And I don't know there was a recently a recognition of the foster grandparent program in Broome County.
0: Yep. So the foster grandparent program is typically parent, um, grand, foster grandparents that are placed in schools. They receive a stipend. Um, they weren't able to be in the schools because of the pandemic. Right. Um, there were there were a couple schools that did allow, but really, for the most part, they weren't. Um, but having them read stories and recording them and being able to send them to the kids, or we had one that did a pen pal program with the kids. Um, just offering as whatever support that we could manage um, while they weren't allowed in the schools. We're really starting to recruit more foster grandparents right now, and if people are interested in that, um, they do have to be over sixty. They have to have an income less than twenty-five thousand a year. Um, but we're recruiting now because I think everyone's goal is that the kids are going to go back to school in September, and we're really we're really hoping that that's going to happen and we want to have foster grandparents ready to go back into the schools. Foster grandparents are typically assigned to an identified child, a child that's having issues in school. Um, So if we have 48 foster grandparents they might have two kids each but what we found is that all the kids in the classroom um, utilize that foster grandparent and get something from having them there. So it's not really only 48 or 60 kids that are affected it's 500. so it's it's a great program and one we really want to encourage people to participate in.
1: Well let's talk about the specifics in case somebody has never heard of the foster grandparent program. Uh, why why do you have the income guidelines? what are the other qualifications and what do the foster grandparent? person get out of doing it, how many hours are involved? Let's get into the the nuts and bolts of this thing.
0: Sure, so the foster grandparent program was really identified um, to reach the 60 plus population that had very limited income. They receive a stipend that does not go against their income um, or their social security or whatever that is. And it's really aimed at helping seniors um, uh, out of poverty keeping them socially engaged, providing an intergenerational connection, which is not only helpful to keep a senior young, but it's helpful for the uh, children in the classroom who may not have the ability because of that intergenerational connection because they don't have grandparents of their own. Um, It's an intergenerational connection that's taken in the schools. They might um, participate with the children Um, reading books they might do songs they help the teacher in the classroom um, they're helping with the emotional building of the children so they do they do a lot in the schools and somebody that really loves children and wants to have some social connection during the day and meets those other criteria would be a great fit for this program we do uh, foster grandparents are cleared um, so they do go through a series of background checks um, in order to be in the school And it's just a great program all around. Everybody benefits, the teacher, the child, and the foster grandparent.
1: How many hours are we talking that would have to be committed if somebody was interested in participating in something like this?
0: Um, I'm not sure of the exact hours, but, um, you know, typically it's a school day. They do get a free lunch. Um, Monday through Friday. There's no weekend hours. Um, But if they want to learn more information about that, certainly giving us a call here at Office for Aging. They would want to speak with Vince and the phone number is 778-2411. Well,
1: it's, it's really good that you are looking ahead because we're seeing what's happening in things like the uh, airline industry and all these other industries, uh, rental cars that they didn't look ahead for when things were coming back and they were finding themselves now shortchanged. Right. It's good to be planning ahead. But it's still got to be still a lot of things up in the air. Uh, it seems like every week something is changing as far as rules and protocols and and who has to have shots and, and who doesn't have to show proof of vaccination and masks and all that kind of stuff. Are you guys finding yourselves still up in the air, not only with the foster-grandparent program, but also for running the uh, senior centers and other programs?
0: Well, I think things are more secure than they've been in the previous weeks. Um, Right now, we don't have any mandate that you have to be vaccinated to participate in any of our programs. Uh, We do encourage the vaccination um, because we see the benefits, because we have the health department here in the county, too, that's feeding us that information. And plus,
1: you're dealing with a very vulnerable population.
0: That's correct. Um, and 80% of the seniors in Broome County right now are vaccinated. So that's a great number. We want to encourage people to continue, continue to do that. Um, but we don't have a mandate that you have to be vaccinated. You have to wear them to pay in the programs. However, we do follow the mandate that you have to wear a mask and socially distance um If you're not vaccinated, that could be a little bit difficult in the foster grandparent program, for example, um, because you've got children that they want to hug you, they want to hold your hand, you know, they're children. Um, So we do encourage it.
1: Real quick, before we wrap up, um, are there any other programs on the horizon that haven't started back up? I know we got a lot of calls last year about the senior games and all that kind of the picnics and stuff like that. Is there anything that we still have plans that are, are going to be popping up now?
0: So, the Senior Games and the Senior Picnic are not happening for 2021. Oh. Um, unfortunately, because they are such large events that require a lot of planning, that planning, the time when we should have started that planning, things were still too up in the air. Um, So those two events are not going to happen. However, the senior centers are fully open. We are starting to bring back a lot of programming, the dancing, the cooking, the physical activities, um, and they've had a slow opening. So people are encouraged to get out there, use their senior centers for their, um, their socialization And uh, all of our other programs are open. Um, Senior picnics, senior games, those are on hold, but we'll see what happens for next year.
1: And where do people call if they want any information about stuff that we've talked about today?
0: Um, People should definitely call our line at 778-2411 or 778-2278.
1: Thank you for being my guest. Thank you. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up.